Welcome to the Legal Toolkit, bringing you the latest legal trends and business initiatives to help you manage your law firm. Here are your hosts, experienced lawyers, writers, and entrepreneurs, Heidi Alexander and Jared Correa. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Legal Toolkit here on the Legal Talk Network. I'm your host, Heidi Alexander. I'm also a law practice advisor with Massachusetts LOMAP. LOMAP provides free and confidential law practice management consulting services to Massachusetts attorneys. For more information on LOMAP's offerings, visit our website at masslomap.org. Here on the Legal Toolkit, my co-host, Jared Correa, and I provide you with a new tool each month to add to your own legal toolkit so that your practices will become more and more like best practices. This episode of the Legal Toolkit is no different. Today, we'll be talking about the remote workplace. So with technology, it's become easier and easier to take your work on the go. But to make it work effectively, you need to have the right tools and an understanding of the technology. So maybe you need a new iPhone 6 or an Apple Watch. Okay, maybe that's just me wishful thinking. Anyhow, joining me now is Tim Barron. Tim is the community manager for Rocket Matter, a cloud-based legal software company that makes an excellent law practice management tool. But let's not get ahead of ourselves just yet. Tim previously ran his own CLE company, and before then, he worked in library services at a law school and for the Third Circuit Court of Appeals. And if you're not familiar with this guy via social media, you should be. So check him out on Twitter at Tim underscore Baron, B-A-R-A-N. He knows his stuff. Tim has had years of personal experience working remotely and since furthered his knowledge by working with a company that has built a product that embraces and extends the possibilities of remote work. All right, so let's get into this. I'd like to begin by talking about what it means to work remotely. So what's your definition, Tim? Well, the definition in a nutshell, Heidi, is working from home, from a coffee shop, from anywhere around the world or anywhere else, but the office. All right. Very succinct. Thank you, Tim. So recently, Fast Company did a piece on why working remotely is better for business. And to be honest, I'm pretty sure that I read it because you tweeted about it. So thank you very much. Uh, So what do you think about this? What's the benefit for businesses, for employees? You know, what about any drawbacks? Tell us what you think. Yeah, you know, there are very clear benefits and very clear drawbacks to working remotely. I happen to think that the benefits outweigh the drawbacks. But that fast company post was pretty interesting. And yeah, I think I did tweet, I think I did tweet that out. Um, they identified, I think, three advantages, which were shorter commutes, private office, and a flexible work hour um, schedule. But other than short commute, which for me is about 10 yards or so, um, a private office, you know, if you have kids, if you have dogs, if you, um, if you have roommates, that's not always the case. Um, flexible work hours, that's not always the case either because it really depends on the kind of company or firm that you work for. Oftentimes, the company wants you, your hours to mirror the office hours. But three advantages are certainly for the employer is this shift of sort of moving work to workers rather than workers to the workplace, which means that companies get access to the best talent pool. Um, Now, 
we talk about no interruptions that leads to getting more work done. You do get more work done. Just today during a, a, a meeting that we had, um, one of our workers, she, uh, she was not feeling well and for the last couple of days and she was working from home. And she was sort of amazed at how much work she was able to get done without the constant interruptions. Um, now, of course, the obvious is that employers save on space and that employees save on, you know, um, commuting costs and time. So those are some of the advantages. Some of the significant drawbacks, um, certainly based on my experience um, and, 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 uh, and others, are you're only judged on the product that you produce. You're only judged on your performance. So there's no opportunity to exhibit soft skills such as mentoring at the office, you know, th- things that you would normally be observed, your behavior would be observed by folks who are going to evaluate you. Also, so to combat that, work, remote workers should document just about everything. I mean, there's, like I said, there's no one to see you staying late at the office, no one observing your level of diligence. So come review time, you'll need that documentation. Also, there are no Friday after hours get together. There's no ping pong tournaments in the rec room all of which we have, by the way, at the office. And for many of us, some of our close friends and even our life partners come from our work environment. We don't have that opportunity to combat that again. I would say schedule time to spend with your family and friends. It becomes so much more important. I actually have dinners, lunches, even brunches, and even FaceTiming um, scheduled at certain times of the week with various family and friends. It allows me to keep in touch with them. Also, Get involved in industry associations as a way to connect professionally. And don't forget social media. I I, I wrote an article a long time ago um, when I first started this, and I I viewed social media as sort of the water cooler of conversations for remote workers. So don't forget that. Um, There's also, finally, there's also a reduced opportunity for learning. When you're in the office, you learn from your colleagues, we learn from managers, we learn from even those we manage, um, not, not always in, in structured meetings, but from chatter around the office, you know, sort of serendipitously. To come at that, to make a huge effort to take courses. If you want to take courses, the office, the home office, they will support that. Go to more conferences, not less. Even conferences online. But, but you do want to go in person because what you're trying to combat is this this opportunity to meet and to learn. So um, so I would say those are, you know, some of the drawbacks and some of the advantages. All right. Thanks, Tim. Uh, and, and those are actually some great tips as well. And and some of those apply to, you know, to even solo practitioners who are, you know, working from their homes. Uh, same, you know, same sort of tips, you know, having uh, time for family members, making sure you're going out and networking, you're, you're talking to other folks. Uh, so thanks for that. So I want to move on now to talking about the practicalities of working remotely. So first, let's talk about the setup. So what a equipment do you need to set up a remote workplace? Well, just to your point just um, that you just mentioned about a solo um, attorney working from home, there's this discussion about what working remotely really means, and probably I should have said that in the, in the definition at the beginning. So it's working remotely if you're just a solo and you're working from home, because that's your office, right? Or is it if, if you have a, a large office and then some of the, the employees at that office work remotely or all of them work remotely as some law firms have done. For our purposes, I would say it includes everyone. It would, it, it would include 
that's solo at home. So all of these tips or all of these um, uh, experiences or advice or whatever and the discussion that we're having, I would say it applies equally. Mm-hmm. As far as the hardware setup, I tell you, all you need is a laptop and a phone. I, I, sometimes I look at my, my we talked about um, our laptops or our MacBook um, Air. I look at my little tiny MacBook Air and my iPhone and it, it just, I just wonder at the computing power that allows me to work from anywhere in, really in the world. Sometimes I've gone, I've gone and visit my dad in, um, in the Caribbean and just t- taken my laptop and worked from the house, you know, watching the waves outside. But, and since I have no television access and, you know, I don't like television very much, but I do like the shows. So I catch up all of that on Netflix. I catch up on my, on my machine. I, I listen to music on my machine. So all, if you want to work remotely, the only thing that you need in terms of hardware is a laptop or a computer and your phone. So if only we could all work from the Caribbean, <laughs> that would be nice. I hope my employer is listening to this podcast. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to software. Um, There are a bazillion apps out there. So what do you suggest that people use and what do you use yourself? Well, you know, it can be overwhelming trying to pick the kind of, or choose the software that you want to use. When I first started out, I tried just about everything. um, And it was a a bit frustrating trying to learn everything. But over the years, I've come down to maybe a core few. And I would suggest that everyone that works remotely just decide on maybe a core six or seven applications that they think they can use. Um, For me, Dropbox or Google Drive is great for sharing documents and also for storing documents. It gives you sort of a peace of mind that if anything happens to your computer, uh, the documents won't be lost. Evernote is probably my favorite app. I put everything in there, um, including preparing for this podcast. Um, It's a place, I, I I like to say it's a place where I unload my, offload my brain so that I don't have to remember things. Um, I, I think any, anyone that uses it, attorney, non-attorney, anyone that uses it, remote, non-remote, will love it. Skype, of course, for keeping connected to your colleagues. And go to meeting. Usually, a lot of people think that go to meeting or go to webinars just for hosting webinars or large meetings. But if you, if you have a meeting with two or three people and you want to share your screen or you want to share documents and stuff, it's a great way to offer meetings and just... Um, connect with your colleagues. There's an app called Trello, which is great for collaborating and managing projects. So if, you, uh, if you're managing products and you have a couple of team members, you create a Trello board on any one project and it will notify you when anything is happening and how it's progressing. And a, a practice for attorneys, I think it's essential to have a practice management solution. I happen to work for Rocket Matter and it's great for calendaring and tasks and from my documents and stuff. But there are other options out there. And I would say go ahead and test all of these options and, um, and see what works for you. And in addition to that, um, I have, up a, I have a, another core six or seven tools that are sort of unique to what I do. But I think that can be adopted by anyone, not just, attorney, not just non-attorneys, but attorneys as well. And they include Feedly which is, that's F-E-E-D-L-O-I, for keeping up with your favorite blogs and websites. Buffer, B-U-F-F-E-R, for managing your social media. And if you write, if you write blog posts, or even if you have a, a website and create other content, WordPress is great. Um, Pocket, which is just P-O-C-K-E-T, for saving your articles on web pages to be read later. And Google, of course, Google Apps for email, calendar, docs, spreadsheets, and stuff. As I said, these are sort of unique to my current role as the content and community manager. 
but um, it can be useful for just about everyone. Those are great tips. Tim, appreciate all of those. And actually, I myself use many of those. Uh, And I know I get a lot of questions in my line of work on data security in the cloud. Are my documents going to be safe? And this is not a podcast on data security, uh, but for some reason, I've been giving many, many presentations these days on data security. So just one note, there are ways in which you can make some of these services more secure. So if you are storing client documents on Dropbox, for example, you can use what's called two-factor authentication that will apply to Evernote as well. You can use tools like Boxcryptor or Vivo, V-I-V-V-O, And that'll allow you to encrypt some of the documents before you upload them to Dropbox. So there are ways to make these uh, these programs more secure. And and also I'd like to mention that I did a recent podcast with Jeff Richardson of iPhone JD. If you haven't listened to that yet, uh, we talked a lot about iPhone and iPad apps for law practice. So you can get a few more ideas of uh, apps that you can use when you're working remotely from that podcast. Find it at the uh, Legal Talk Network. And I also wanted to mention that if you are not taking notes right now, don't worry, we'll have all these suggestions available in today's show notes. And Tim has also written an excellent series of articles on working remotely for Rocket Matters Legal Productivity blog, which is an excellent blog. And you can find those at legalproductivity.com. But we need to take a quick break. Stay tuned, because after the break, we'll be talking more about remote workplace realities. So this is normally the space in our show when we offer words from our sponsors. This potentially represents a unique opportunity for you. The Legal Toolkit is seeking sponsors. You can hear your advertisement right here. What more could you ask for? If you're interested, contact the team at Legal Talk Network at info at LegalTalkNetwork.com. Thanks for sticking with us for the second half of our program with Tim Barron, Community Manager for Rocket Matter. In this half of our program, we're going to talk more about the realities of working remotely and how to make it work for you. When you're working remotely, it can be a bit isolating. Tim, do you have any tips for dealing with this? Uh, yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things that folks have to deal with, even though there are uh, a few that probably enjoy it. But a few ways, let's say a top three ways that I've, I deal with this is one, and that I recommend for everyone is one, always go out for lunch. I mean, like always. You know, when you're at work, sometimes you stay at, the, at your desk and you work through lunch or you buy lunch and you bring it to your desk. But if you're working from home, you just need, you need interaction with people. So even if it's the guy at the deli counter. So go out for lunch. If you cook at home, then take a walk, come back, and then eat. A big thing for me is mixing up my office space. So if I have maybe, let, let's say, a two-hour intense project, I would go to a coffee shop or go to the library, but especially a coffee shop, because that white noise it, it, it seems counterintuitive, but that white noise and that ac- activity that's around you, that buzz, actually forces you to focus. And for me, if, if I'm having problems just focusing in a quiet environment, I just go out there and two hours later, boom, I've knocked that project out. Then on other days, I would work from the public library, check out co-working spaces in your area, and at least half a day or even one day a week, um, work from one of those spaces. 
it sort of keeps the, the, the walls from closing in and it certainly increases your creative output. You know, for me, I like, I like total silence when I work generally, um, even in New York City, which sort of freaks people out. But um, others find background noises helpful, like having the TV on or listening to music, putting some Brian Eno on. But um, whatever works for you, but, but just try to get out, try to vary your workspace. So it must help that you're in New York City. There's really no lack of restaurants to choose from. It's a huge plus, yeah. <laughs> so you work with colleagues and, um, and other folks who are working remotely, um, either work with colleagues or you know, even if they're a solo practitioner, they may um, work with other attorneys, co-counsels, uh, of counsel, that sort of thing. Um, so how do you recommend staying connected on a regular basis? Um, you talked a little bit about tools that you use like Skype and GoToMeeting. Are there other strategies that you employ, you know, weekly meetings, some sort of check-ins? How, how do you deal with that? You know, that's a good question because we talked about tools and you, you can add Google Hangouts to those, those set of tools. Some people prefer that. But just as important as the tools are the processes or the practices um, that you have. For instance, like we chit-chat on Skype every day. We're, we're encouraged to, even if we don't have something work-related or something that's urgent, to just like check up with each other on Skype, whether we are remote or whether we are at the office. Um, when there's a celebration, recently we started... So every, every time we launch something um, like, some, uh, like a major feature or we achieve a benchmark or we feel like we're successful in something, we'd have a, a firm white like toast you know, um, with, with a bit of champagne. Now, in, in recent months, if that happens, they would actually deliver a bottle of champagne to us and we would, get, we would hop on to this go-to-meeting and we'd have a, a nice celebration or, you know, if they, they can't deliver it to us in time, they'll let us know. And we'll grab something and, and we'll, we'll join in the celebration via video, but actually via like, drinking something with them. Um, Are there but, any openings at Rocket Matters <laughs> currently? So just one <laughs> glass. We try to limit it to one glass. Um, and another thing is always have your video on during meetings. So if you're on GoToMeeting, if you're on Skype, as much as possible, we try to have the video on. It makes a huge difference seeing each other's faces. Another thing that we do is um, at Rocket Matter, and I think I've read some books on this. You know who wrote a really seminal book on this are the folks at Basecamp, um, which is called Remote, um, Remote Office Not Required. And that's actually the book that got me inspired to writing that series on on legal productivity that turned into an e-book. But routinely visit your home office. So we get to go down there. Well, I get to go down there um, every other month. So I go to Florida every month, every other month for about a week. It allows me to work in the office get to know the folks there, hang out after work, and it really adds to when I come back um, to New York. And so try to get into a practice of, you know, maybe not every other month, but quarterly or even twice a year, it really helps. And have regular check-ins with your team. So we have weekly meetings for each department and just about daily exchanges with managers and directors. The thing that's not only most isolating, but the thing that, that gets you most unsure is not having regular communications with folks because you don't know how you're doing. You don't know what they're thinking of you. You don't know. So have regular check-ins. 
So before we conclude, I want to talk about productivity because that's really where the the rubber meets the road. And we've talked about some advantages of working remotely. And and I've read studies that suggest that employees can be more productive working remotely. Um, But on the other hand, you know, the potential for distraction is high. And you've given us some tips about, you know, changing up your, your workplace, you know, especially if you're working at home, you know what I'm talking about, those dishes pile up, you've got laundry to do, you know, how many episodes of Doc McStuffins can your kids watch before they go crazy or you go crazy? Um, you have any thoughts, any tips for staying productive when you're working remotely? You know, Heidi, the problem I think that many companies have with remote workers, surprisingly, is not, not slacking off or not being productive, but actually burning out. Because uh, remote workers tend to work almost too much, feeling they have something to prove almost every hour, every day. So there are some productivity practices. And for me personally, I view all of these things like, like laundry and dishes and stuff as if I'm not even home, you know, which is not, which is not a big stretch for me because even when I'm home, <laughs> I, don't do, I don't do them. But, um, but I would say, yeah, adhere to a few routines that go a long way into like increasing your productivity, but also avoiding burnout. So reserve a room in your house or a space in your apartment for work only. You know, I live in New York City, so apartments are a lot smaller. So we, we sort of have to, I, I, I have to reserve a space as opposed to an entire room um, just to work. And it makes a huge difference. So when I view my desk, when I view that desk in that room, I know that I view it as work. So I almost, I don't I look at that desk for just about anything else. Um, and when I leave that desk, then I know that that work is done. I start and end at the same time every day. So even if, if, if you start every day at 9 o'clock, if you end every day at 6 o'clock, turn the computer off or at least shut down Skype, which whatever your connection is to home office, shut that down. If there's more work that can be done that, that you need to get done before tomorrow, do it maybe an extra 30 or 45 minutes later at night when you're doing your review or your prep time for the next day. Another huge thing is taking regular breaks, um, like real breaks. Be sure to switch your Skype availability to, let's say, busy or not available when you take a break so you're not like, freaked out when someone is, is um, pinging you. Um, taking breaks not only allows you to focus on the task at hand, but uh, it just relaxes you. It gets you more creative for the next, next task. And in addition to that, there are, there are a few core productivity tips that I really like, not just for remote, but just for anyone. And here they are. One, I'm going to go through these rather quickly. One is touch it once. So instead of reevaluating like a task yet again, instead of saving too many articles to be read later, instead of having 25 tabs open on your computer, instead of staring down an email for like the fifth time, act the first time you encounter it, read it, even if it brief through it. Oftentimes you'll go back to that article and you're like, I didn't, it wasn't that interesting anyway. But it's on your mind because it's in a tab. It's, it's in your like expanding to be read later file. Um, another thing is checklist. I'm huge on checklists. It's the, it provides this sort of this kind of cognitive net, right? It catches mental flaws that are inherent in all of us, like flaws of memory, flaws of attention, thoroughness, and and this feels good to take them off. Another thing is the Pomodoro timer. Uh, we've talked about this a lot at the Legal Productivity blog, and the idea is pretty simple. You wind up a timer for about 25 minutes. Work on only one thing. Just focus in on one thing for that 25 minutes. The timer rings. Reward yourself with a little break. Let's say five minutes or so. Get ready for the next Pomodoro, right? Um, for the next 25 minutes. 
Now, this, you don't have to do this every day, but for those times when you have difficulty focusing or you have a lot of tasks that need to get done that one day, it's very helpful. No, number four is calendaring. Um, it took me a long while to, to just use my calendar, but now instead of like having a to-do list that goes on and on and on and then looking at it and becomes uh, counterproductive, and what I do, if, if I have a task, I put it into the calendar. Right? So for me, tasks and calendar are almost synonymous. I know that it has to be done on a certain date. And now I've gotten into the habit. A lot of these things are just creating, a, creating the habit. So I've gotten into the habit of, of checking my calendar first thing in the morning or even the night before, and I know what needs to be done. And finally, I, I alluded to, the, to this earlier, start the night before. Spending just 30 minutes to, let's say, an hour, which I do almost every night, um, the night before, organizing, planning, can make a world of difference in how you start your next day and how productive you are, how creative you are, and how, uh, how, how complete you are in your tasks. Is that too much? Well, it's a lot, <laughs> but there are a lot of really great ideas, Tim. Um, and, and you know what? I'll, I'll add another to that. <laughs> um, there's another great technique that, uh, that I know a number of attorneys use, and I actually use it myself, which is Getting Things Done, GTD. And that's a book by, uh, well, it's a, a, a method that uh, was popularized by a book written by David Allen. Um, so if you're interested in that, uh, take a look. I think he's coming out with a new edition of that book, either this year or next year. Um, but you can use that with uh, technology as well. Um, I've also spoken to attorneys who actually get up in the morning and put on a suit before they start their workday from home. Again, it's this idea that you start the workday at your desk, you know, there's no distractions, that's your work. Um, so, you know, that's, that's something you could try as well. Um, so, Tim, you've given us a lot of good advice here. Do you have anything else you want to add before we wrap up here? Yeah, there is one thing. But before I do that, um, in that Working Remotely series that you talked about on legal productivity, we, I, we also put it into an ebook, which you can find right on that blog. And check out the chapter on Lee Rosen, who took his law firm, like all remote. Um, I think he's in South Carolina somewhere. And he has this uh, a blog called Divorce Discourse. He's, he's a family law practitioner, and I wish if he changed the name of this blog to something like Law Practice Management because mm-hmm. he puts on a lot of really good, practical, actionable advice on there. So check it out. But if there's one suggestion that's probably made or one, or one practice that's probably made the most difference for me while working remotely, it's doing video stand-ups every morning. So what are stand-ups? Stand-ups are part of this agile method. And by the way, um, Heidi, that getting things done method is, is one of the principles that we used when creating Rocket Matter in the beginning. Um, it was sort of a guiding principle. And I, I need to get that book and read it again. So, <laughs> <laughs> But agile, the agile method is something that software companies made popular. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pretty comprehensive system with a lot of processes and almost like rules. But, but you can get it down to a, a system that works for you. And for instance, we do a company-wide quarterly rocks where the entire team gets together and identify goals for the next quarter. And then we have monthly reviews where the company, the entire company, again, gets together and charts the progress of those goals. Uh, and it can get, you know, it can go on for like an hour or so. And then there's these daily stand-ups with just your team. So every morning at 9.15, I have a stand-up. I know what I'm going to be doing at 9.15. So let's say I turn on Skype at 9 o'clock. Then I know that 9.15, I'm going to have a stand-up 
with these eight guy, eight, eight folks who are members of my team. Um, and what we do in, um, during that time, and they're called stand-ups for a reason because you stand up and you, t- you talk about this. You don't want to sit down and get comfortable because you want it to go fast. Um, it shouldn't last for more than 10 minutes. But you stand up and, and you, each team goes around and they identify what they worked on yesterday, what they're working on today, and what by, might be in their way of getting that stuff done today. And that could include something that you are doing or, or that's dependent on one of their teammates. Um, again, these, these meetings should always be video hookups so that you see each other. So I know that every single day that I work, I'm going to see my colleagues. So if there's one thing that I suggest, frankly, I wish I, I, I knew about this when I worked in the law firm or elsewhere. I would have instituted this program like every morning just having a stand-up. And it goes quickly. It's very meaningful. Look, there are some days I'm like, I, I just don't want to, what's the, what's the use of having the stand-up? But once I do it, once you get into the habit, once you get into the practice, you see how useful it is. So in addition to all of these other uh, methods or processes and tools, try this daily stand-up on video with your team. It will make a world of difference. I love that idea, Tim. I'm going to implement it here. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, So unfortunately, we've reached the end of another episode of the Legal Toolkit. I want to thank my guest, Tim Barron with Rocket Matter, for taking the time to drop by our virtual studio. Tim, if any of our listeners would like to learn more about you and Rocket Matter, how would they go about doing so? Well, for Rocket Matter, you can go to the website, which is www.rocketmatter.com. And if you want to shoot me an email, if you have any questions or anything else, just go, just email me, Tim, at rocketmatter.com, or you can just catch me on Twitter, which is Tim underscore Barron. Unfortunately, someone took Tim Barron when I joined Rocket Matter, so I was very upset. So it's Tim underscore Barron on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks again, Tim, for joining me on the Legal Toolkit. And remember that you can check out all of our shows anytime you'd like at LegalTalkNetwork.com. So until next time, happy practicing. Thanks for listening to Legal Toolkit, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join Heidi and Jared for their next podcast, covering the current business trends for law firms. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.